Welcome to the podcast, From Our Home to Yours, with Nancy Campbell, founder and publisher of Above Rubies. It's where we learn to forgive in that home. Hello, ladies. We are now up to point number 15. And this one is about willingly serving the Lord. God not only wants us to serve him, but to willingly serve him. We are finding in each one of these points an adjective that goes with them. God doesn't want us to do anything ordinarily, but extraordinarily. And so in serving the Lord, he doesn't want us to serve him just because we have to serve him. No, but to do it willingly, out of our hearts. And of course, the greatest way that we are going to serve the Lord as mothers with children is in our homes, mothering, homemaking, and uh, being a wife. Uh, they're not mundane things. They are so powerful. And, oh, wow, when we can do these willingly, it, it just makes such a difference. I wonder if we can go to that lovely scripture in First Corinthians fifteen fifty eight, where it says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. The scripture speaks to us as mothers because it's talking about our work for the Lord. Everyone is working for the Lord in a different way. If God has blessed you with children, you are a mother working for the Lord in your home, raising these children and making your home, a beautiful place, a, a place that's filled with the presence of God and, and uh, doing many other things in your home. The home, oh, the home is such an amazing place to do so many projects and places where you can bring people into your home to love them and uh, to feed them, to show hospitality. It's a place where you can create and make things to bless other people. Of course, a lot of that depends on the season of your motherhood. When you have little ones, that takes your whole life. And you often don't get much time to do anything else in your whole day. I can remember when I had three and three and 17 months, and then I had four children under four and so on. And in those early days... That's all I did was to mother these children and to care for my home and my husband. And I would often write lists of things I wanted to do, but I don't think I ever got anything done at all. I never crossed anything off my list. Well, actually, I have to confess that even today I write lists and I still never cross everything off my list that I put down. Uh, life is filled with so many things I want to do. But 
In the end, I had to realize, oh, but I am doing the most important thing. And uh, so, but then as your children get older and they grow up and you get bigger ones and then you get children in their teens and you've trained them how to cook and run the house and do many other projects. Wow, the things you can accomplish from your home are absolutely amazing. And many of these uh, wonderful creative things you will do to bless other people and some you will even use to uh, even bring money into your home. You can do a business in your home, right there in your home. And uh, that can be a wonderful blessing as long as you do it, as I said, in the right season because it's when you do this, it's it's doing it with your children and having your children to help and it's usually a season of when they've grown up with you and you've got all these helpers who uh, can help you in the home can help you with the creative things you're doing and that's blessing them and enlarging them also and and so we wait for our seasons but wherever we are whatever season uh we're going to be doing it for the Lord, aren't we? And I must just take you to a little passage here as I'm thinking of it, because I said how we can use our gifts and our creative uh, talents and the projects we do often to bless our home financially. But even in doing that, I think we do have to be very careful that we don't always think that we only do things for monetary gain. What does it say? First uh, Peter chapter 4, yes, verse 10. Maybe we'll read verse 9. Use or practice hospitality one to another without grudging, as every man hath received the gift, even so minister the gift to one another as good stewards of the manifold grace of God. So God is saying here, as as you've received the gift, not one of us have a gift of ourselves. Every gift, talent that God has, well, God has given to us, yes, it comes from God. And he wants us to use the gifts that he has given us to employ them, to use them, to serve one another. It doesn't actually say in this scripture to use it for your own blessing or your own monetary gain, which, yes, uh, there is importance in that too because we do have to care for our households and although our husband is the provider of the home, um, in that season of when we have older children, we can continue to bless and, and uh, do things from in our homes. But let's remember that our gifts are given to us not just for monetary gain. Our gifts are given to us to bless others, to serve others. And I think it's a beautiful thing uh, to do that to realize, oh, Lord God, you've given me this gift. I want to use it to bless 
others. Uh, Aaron Harrison and I, uh, we do a talk show together. Some of you may have watched our talk show. We do it every Tuesday. It's now on YouTube. Um, Aaron now puts it on YouTube. And just last week, uh, we were talking about this very thing and uh, just how important it is to do this and to teach our children this too. Because so many children today grow up with an entitlement mentality. And even if they do something in the home or they do a specific, of course, they have their, you know, faithful uh, jobs and chores they need to do each day. But sometimes when we want them to do something extra special or extra that needs being done, parents will say, well, look, I'll pay you for that. I'll give you so much. Well, that can be good, but why is it that we have to pay our children for something special they do? We can do that sometimes. I love to do that uh, when our children were going at Christmas time and uh, they wanted to earn money to buy Christmas presents. So I would think of all the extra jobs around the home and cleaning the windows that didn't usually get done and all those kind of jobs and I would pay them for it because they were working to get presents for Christmas. And we do have seasons when we'll do that too, but not everything. Not everything. Oh, I I can't believe the way children just expect things today. Dear ladies, don't raise and train your children to grow up expecting things all the time, expecting something every time they go to town. Or if you go out, well, look, I'll bring you something home. I beg your pardon? Come on now. How What are we training them for? We're putting in an entitlement mentality into them that, okay, um, you know, mummy and daddy going out for the night. Well, I'm entitled to get something because they went out. Or if an extra job is needed to be done around the home because something is happening or someone is coming, we've got to get the place really um, cleaned up. Well, They shouldn't have to be paid to do it. It's part of family life. Uh, You know, let's raise our children to be those who will employ their gifts to serve one another in the family and even to serve others outside the home. I think that is very important. Okay, and that's learning to serve the Lord um, willingly and um, aboundingly. Isn't that what this scripture says here uh, in 1 Corinthians fifteen fifty-eight? Always abounding, abounding in the work of the Lord. That word abound is the word perisio. Uh, and it means to excel, to increase, to superabound, and nothing to spare, over and above. Do you understand how that word means more than the necessary? Over and above. And so let's begin to do our mothering that way, shall we? And to serve the Lord that way and everything to do. And train our children 
how to serve in the family this way and to serve other people this way. I love this scripture because do you notice the end of it? We're to be always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as ye know that your labor, oh, did you notice that word? Your labor. Hmm, what does that mean? Your work. Work. Yes, work. Did you get it? It is work. And motherhood is work. Yes, you're not afraid of work, are you? I believe work is a wonderful thing. And I think we should uh, have the right attitude about it, even in our homes. Mothering is not something that we can just sit on the sofa and it all just happens. No, we have to work to keep our homes uh, and manage them well. We have to work to mother our children. We have to work at homeschooling our children. It is work. But is work something that is a drudgery? Is work something that's mundane? Is work something we just have to do until we can just relax and do what we want to do? No, I believe work is life. And uh, we should embrace it and enjoy it and make it our lives. And in fact, we really, I think, have it easy. Most of us have a weekend off uh, in our lives these days, whereas God did say six Days shalt thou work, and on the seventh you will rest. And uh, some of us actually do have more rest than even working six days. But I believe that work um, is something to be enjoyed if we have the right attitude. In fact, I have... I did write something else about work I wanted to share with you, if I can find it. Let me see. Oh, yes. I've just been doing a study about good works. Well, good, actually. The word good. I started off with the word good, and I'm looking up all the scriptures of the good things God wants us to do. And I just, oh, my list is getting so long of all the good things God wants us to do. And then I had just noticed this morning, actually, about how he also wants us to do good works. And I found one, two, three, four different scriptures that are related particularly to women. They speak to women specifically about good works. Now, there's loads of scriptures that talk to everybody about good works. In fact, Ephesians 2.10 says that we were created in Christ Jesus unto good works. We are not saved by good works, only through the precious blood of Jesus, but we are saved unto good works, so that when we are born again, not of works, lest any man should boast, but then we come into showing good works so that we will glorify God. What does it say in Matthew 5 um, that we are to um, glorify God? Let me get that one so I get it exactly for you. Matthew 5, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and 
glorify your Father which is in heaven. Let's have a look at the scriptures that speak specifically to women, shall we? 1 Timothy 5.10 is the first one. And this is written about a woman, an older woman. It's written about a widow, actually. And Paul was writing to Timothy about a problem they had in the church They had a lot of widows and they didn't know what to do with them all. So Paul says, okay, if these widows have children or they have grandchildren, they must look after them and care for them. This is their responsibility. And this is still our responsibility today to care for our parents and uh, when especially when maybe a mother... The father has passed away, and uh, it's our responsibility now to care for her, and that's biblical. But then there were some women who obviously didn't have family for some reason, or maybe they lived far away, or they had passed on too. And uh, Paul said, okay, those women, now you can care for them, provide for them from the church if they have lived. Well, they had to be 60 years of age and over. And if they have lived a certain lifestyle. Now, when we read about this lifestyle, we get an understanding of God's heart for mothers, for women. And it says, well reported of for good works. Okay, there's our first one written to women about good works. Now, what are these good works? Let's have a look at the first one. If she has brought up children. Now, I find that very interesting because God always puts first things first. Everything in the word of God is not haphazard. It's all just how he wants it. It's all in order. And this is the very first thing on the list. If she's brought up children, the word for brought up is technotrophio. Technon is child and trepho uh, from trophio, uh, the, the root word tro- trophe, is to feed and to nourish. So that word means that she has embraced children and she has fed and nourished them. She firstly nourishes the babe at her breast. And then as her little one gets older and then more children come along, she's feeding them, feeding them. It's interesting that the scripture uses this particular word about mothering because one of the biggest things we do as a mother is prepare meals. Anybody notice that? Yes, every breakfast, every lunch, every supper time, and in between as well, you will be feeding your children. But darling ladies, this is a good work. Did you know that? You see, it's good to know the scriptures, isn't it? So we know 
It's not just, oh, goodness me, I have to get some more food for these children. And as they grow up, they want to eat more and more. And if you've got teenage boys, you'll know you can hardly fill them. I can remember when my boys were in their teens and I'd cook this big dinner. Of course, back in, that was back in New Zealand days. And I'd cook a big dinner and um, most probably a big piece of lamb and roast vegetables around it and that was a typical New Zealand meal so I'd feed all these boys and the rest of the family and of course they were in their late teens and early 20s some of the older boys by then and um, we'd have this big meal do all the dishes have devotions and then do the dishes and we'd be all sort of hanging around and suddenly oh um, where are, where's Wares and Steve? Oh, and one of the others would say, oh, they've gone to McDonald's. I mean, I just fed them this huge meal, but then they had to go and top it up. You, it's very hard to fill them as they're in that stage of their lives. And so you are a feeder. Dear darling mothers, don't uh, despise feeding. It's a very powerful thing. It's part of your mothering. And it's a good work. But then it goes on to say, if she has lodged strangers, if she's opened her home in hospitality. Hospitality has always been part of my uh, home life. Even when my, when my children were little, we still opened our doors and hospitality and uh, we continued to do it throughout all our lives. It was one of the great blessings of our lives. So wonderful to invite others to join you at your table. And it's lovely to have other families who have children your age. And as our children grew and they got into their teens, I would invite wonderful godly families with children the same age as ours to our home and round for a meal and and the children would get to know one another and become great friends. And it became such a powerful thing because they found uh, friends that were uh, of, of good caliber and kindred spirits. And we could be happy that they were hanging out with them because uh, we could trust them. And that was such a wonderful thing. And you can do that with hospitality. And of course, you can reach out to those who are needy and needing encouragement and love and just that, just the joy of being enveloped and welcomed into a family. And so this was one of the good works of this woman. And she washed the saints' feet. She relieved the afflicted. We see that her motherhood, it extended. As her children grew, her motherhood did not stop. See, ladies, motherhood's not meant to stop. It's not just for a certain time. No, our motherhood grows. It enlarges. It extends. So as our children grow and they leave the nest, we're just bringing more into the nest and we're continuing to reach out to those who are needy and hurting and and we see this beautiful picture here and it finishes she had if she has diligently not just followed but diligently followed every good work all these things are good works they're the lifestyle that god intends for women and so 
we can embrace this lifestyle in first timothy the same book in chapter 2 verse 10 it talks about the woman professing godliness with good works there it is again and then we go to titus chapter 2 verse 5 in the passage where the older women are teaching the younger women. And in verse 5, Titus 2, 5, uh, we see here one of the things that the older women are to teach them is that they are to be keepers at home. Now, that's an interesting one. Uh, most translations are taken from either one of two manuscripts of ancient manuscripts and so different translations will have a different greek word now the one greek word is this it's actually uh, oiko uh, urogo and it's from two greek words oikos meaning home and ergon meaning to work. So you will see that some translations say workers at home. And that is true. And that is good. I am a great believer in women working. Of course, I don't believe they're meant to be out there in the corporate world working. God wants them to be workers at home. Or some translations say home workers. Now, when we're in the home, we're not going to be just hanging around, being lazy in the home. We are working in the home. So it's a work. And uh, here we see it, work. The other um, word is uh, oikouros, and it's from two words also. Oikos, meaning home, and uros, meaning to guard, to watch over to take responsibility. And that's a wonderful translation too. I love both of them, home workers and home guarders. And so we work hard in the home and we guard the home. We're, you can't be a guardian of the home. You can't be a watchdog over your children's lives, uh, over their minds, their souls, their spirits and their bodies if you are not there. You have to be home to guard your home. And interestingly, ladies, we seem, see this very same thing way back in Genesis. And we go to Genesis chapter 2, uh, and it says there, And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and the Lord God took the man and put him into the garden, to dress it and to keep it. And so there were two things God wanted to do in the home. And can you believe it? They're exactly the same two things that I've just shared about. One is work and one is God. Isn't that interesting? The first, uh, to dress it, that's the Hebrew word avad, and it means to work, to serve, to labor, to toil, it means to toil with the sweat coming down your, down your brow. Uh, the same word is used, there was not a man to till the ground. 
and uh, it's, it, you know, man out there tilling the ground in the sun, the sweat's pouring down. It's real work. And then the other word, to keep it, is the word shema, which means to hedge about, to guard, to protect, to watch. And so those two initial things God gave for the home in the very beginning in Genesis chapter 2 to work and then to protect and guard are the same two things we see in Titus chapter 2. We are to be home workers and we're to be home guarders, protecting and watching over our children. Isn't that amazing how, you know, we get it in the old and we get it in the new. And the other one that was specifically for women was Acts 9 verse 36 where it talks about Dorcas uh, who made these coats for all the needy people. And it says she was full of good works, full of good works. So going back to our scripture, we are to be always abounding in the work of the Lord. That means in our mothering, in our homemaking, for as much as we know that our labor, our work, our work is not in vain in the Lord. Lovely ladies, your work in your home, sometimes you feel you don't really think you're accomplishing much. I want to tell you it's not in vain, not in vain in the Lord. If you're doing it as unto the Lord, it's not in vain. You will receive your reward. There is a reward day coming. I mean, you get it in this life. I mean, I have my rewards. Oh, goodness me, the rewards of the blessing of our children and their children And now their children, there is no greater reward in the whole of this world. This is the greatest life that anyone can live with children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren around them. They are riches. It it is just so amazing. In fact, a, a dear friend was staying with us recently. They were passing by and stayed a night. And she gave me a gift. And it was uh, a wall plaque um, with every month of the year written on it. And then she gave me little cards that I could hang to put the birthdays of every one of our uh, children and grandchildren and so on on these little round cards. And so I got my Above Ruby's helper to help me in this Uh, Morgan writes beautiful calligraphy. So I said, you can do it with calligraphy. Well, um, my friend gave me 100 little cards and we have used every one of them except two. And this year, I think we'll fill them. And so we are just on 100 people now, starting with Colin and me. Isn't that amazing? I mean, talk about reward in this life. It's unbelievable. And I haven't even got to the next life yet. Wow. Be encouraged, ladies. Be encouraged. Oh, there is 
you, you have rewards ahead. Oh, and you are just so blessed. Let's pray, shall we? Father, we thank you so much for all your goodness to us, your blessings, your blessing of marriage, your blessing of a home, uh, just a roof over our heads, a home to just make life in it, our children. Oh, God, we thank you and praise you. Help us to be filled with joy and gratitude and thankfulness for all your goodness. And I pray your blessing upon every daughter, mother and grandmother listening, that, Lord God, you will give them a vision to see beyond what they're doing today. Sometimes they don't see much, very much further than today. Lord, give them a vision of, of what is ahead and that what they're doing today is not in vain. There is a reward coming here in this life and in the eternal. I ask your mighty blessing on every marriage and every home and every mother and every child listening in the name of Jesus. Amen. Amen.